I think there's something interesting about highlighting the idea of value first, right? So it's easy to talk about, and folks in partnerships do quite a bit, the idea of the intersection of values. That's really more my expression lately, but most importantly, the better together stories. You hear that a lot. A lot of people use that in some capacity in the way they describe what they do every day. When I think about value first, there's no expectation of return. And that's a, a giver attitude, an approach of selflessness that I think is actually, I'm going to generalize a little bit here. Forgive me, those listening, but like perhaps a little bit lost today in that we're, I'll get up in my soapbox, like we're a little bit of a self-centered society, just kind of in general, globally, and a little bit me first. And what I'm hearing you say is, no, 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 remember this is people. This is a people first profession. And if we do the right thing, which is to help somebody better themselves, their company, their role, their opportunity, their outcome, their customer, then in that case, we could actually perhaps better ourselves. So that's interesting to think about in context of how do you do it at perhaps an early stage company or as you build a program. I'm curious in your experience then, do you have an example of how you could apply outside the one you gave? It's a good one, but the value first methodology to not just partner acquisition, but the day-to-day production, right? Now I'll give you context for this. There's there's a bunch of data that shows this, but like of the actually um uh, the other day I was talking to Jay McBain. He's like the you know guru god of all things partner these days, right? Shout out to Jay. Great guy. Those of you who did not follow him on LinkedIn, you need to follow him. And one of the things he said to me, I was fascinated by, and he's going to probably chime in on the, this post someday and say like that stat is wrong, Barrett. It's probably changed. But of the roughly 200,000 agencies that exist in the current kind of platform uh, space at this stage, one of the interesting facts he gave was that something like Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. It's, of course, skipping my mind. I think it was 85% uh, in the last year or so, last two years, have shifted away from just saying flat out, you know, we do marketing to some form of language on their website around their services of technology first, whether that's like tech implementation, tech integration, just taking more of a tech first approach and a little bit less of we're going to do these services sort of as a secondary component to the technology we would use. And the reason I give that context is, my question in terms of value first, if you think about the large pool of this specific persona that's already doing work with softwares, right? And you were talking about, obviously, your sort of templatized approach, being able to create this way for folks to, to build their process in your platform. How do you give value first? Because if I'm a listener, I might be thinking, oh, it's just a free trial or like a, a templated, as I said before, a templated approach. I think it's more than that, though. What you're talking about is doing work on their behalf for them to give to them without asking for something in return. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Um, with the question that I try to ask myself when I'm is go through our customers' workflows and ask the question, and then what? Just as many times as you possibly can. And what I found is it just helped me because a majority of our customers are like either sales enablement or learning and development professionals. Not a space I came from, not a space I knew a ton about. So in doing jobs to be done interviews and just understanding how our users are experiencing our tool, I'm just asking, and then what, and then what, and then what? And just logically, you started to see all these opportunities where stuff was breaking and falling apart for them, where they were like actively seeking a solution. They don't know what question to ask to solve that thing. They're not even really asking for you to solve it, but it's just there and it's obvious. And so, so you're, you're actually not to interrupt, but you're identifying the gap then in their process that even if it's way outside what you do, now you can highlight and try and solve for. Is that what I'm hearing? 
Yeah. So for example, I mean, it's, it's self-serving too, because the more sure. successful the customer is, the more successful we are, the larger the subscription, the add-ons, you know, all those but, other... But that's still selfless though, right? Because if you're talking about it that way, you're saying, well, if I'm going to go and, and help this customer to get bigger, better, stronger, faster, then I would expect them theoretically, you know, hypothetically to come and, and invest more with us because we were that contributing factor. It's not a guarantee though. So it's a little bit of... It's the selfless component you're talking about. I'm going to put myself out there in hopes of by doing the right thing, I get something potentially in return. Absolutely. Example, earlier in my career, when I was an account executive, I was working for a CRM ERP system in the uh, construction space. And most of our customer base would use QuickBooks as their accounting solution. And I would sell customers, we'd get to this certain stage right before they would sign up where they'd go, ah, Sean, shit, man, my accounting QuickBooks is a disaster. Yep. Nothing to do with you guys. You guys are awesome. I, I can't, I, I got to fix this first. This happened for like six months. I'm like, this is ridiculous. There's got to be something better here. I don't know the first thing about accounting. I don't know the first thing about that workflow, but I'm like, let me go reach out to a bunch of QuickBooks people. I was just a sales rep. I reached out to all those consultants and accountants and I'm like, listen, we have this program. We sync with you guys. Do you work in this space? Found a couple of experts there and I'm like, listen, I'm going to refer you direct hot leads who are struggling on this thing. I will train you on our system, but I need you to solve this problem. And it seemed like this weird ask for them. And I was like, I don't want a referral fee. I don't care about any of that. But there is a direct impediment to people signing up for our thing that's outside of our control. How can I bring that within my sphere of influence to help control it in some way? And in this case, it was solving a customer problem. So again, that's not something that's asked for. It's not something I'm getting compensated for necessarily. But it's just one of those examples of like, you have to go and like get creative, connect the right people. And then you'll start to see the customers gonna be like, holy shit. Yeah, let's do this. You're telling me this person's going to fix my QuickBooks issues and it's going to connect in your thing. Now it's never a competition question. It's just like, how quickly can we get started? Because you're just constantly adding that value again, just showing it versus like, once you shut, sign up and give us some money, I swear we'll really treat you well, right? Like yeah, we'll everyone says that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing you say become a student of the problem too, which I think is really interesting and be studious of your customer because it's easy. I'm sure to say, as we've all done, if, if anyone's ever been in sales or CS here is listening, you're thinking to yourself, I'm sure I picked up the phone at some point and said, sure, we can solve that problem because you know, you can, cause it's very much your wheelhouse and it's an easy solution. The hard part is what you just described, which is being observant enough to recognize that while you may not directly correlate to an outcome in terms of solving a specific problem, you could perhaps connect them to somebody who can. And that the ideology of being a connector, being a problem solver. I don't think everyone has that. I think it's actually important to highlight and say like, cheers to you, Sean, honestly, because it, it is easy enough to say, again, we solve this problem because I know we do. It's harder to say someone else could solve that problem. What I'm thinking right now is how do I go about, I'm curious if you have like a, a framework you've used or just, you know, again, you've great stories. So one of your stories, it, you know, early stage, right? So I'm I'm listening to this right now and I'm thinking to myself, like, cool, that sounds all well and good, but I don't know where to find that solution. You just described to me that you observed a problem, the QuickBooks challenge in terms of like our accounting is a mess. How did you go and find that potential solution partner? How did you go and identify who they were, where they lived in the market and bring them to your customer in that example you gave? Yeah, this is where everybody gets hung up on like yeah. that there's some magic phrase. You just freaking ask, you know, like you just have to ask some people. I love it. Because yep. what ends up happening is when you're a salesperson, you, you know, you have all this call reluctance and all these other things going on that you're reaching out to a stranger and are they in market? And it, it's very overwhelming. And it's, it's this whole head case of issues that happens. 
When you're reaching out to someone that literally you have no ask for them, you are simply just saying, I have a problem with a customer that I want to give you. Like seven out of 10 people will answer that phone call and be like, let's do this. Like, let's at least hop on a call and talk through this. It's not a very hard thing to broach with vendors when you have active relationships. Then you just whittle down which one was actually professional and and, and test out a few and and move forward with a couple of them. But the, the thing I think people get too caught up in is the bureaucracy of this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing and it needs to be this structured thing and this proven process. And it's just like, People helping people, man. I mean, get out there, ask some questions. Is this the thing that you specialize in like you specialize in? Let's go ahead and connect you to this and talk through it. I've found where I've connected people, they never moved forward to do work together, to hire that person, to do whatever the transaction was going to be. And the amount of rapport that I built, again, I didn't go in with this as leverage, but I did it because it felt right at the moment. But it built so much goodwill with them because you made the reach. It's not always that it has to absolutely be the solution. But like, listen, sound like you were struggling. You should talk to my neighbor, John. He's got XYZ, right? It's like, I know a guy, right? And that's always been the strategy since I've been a kid of like, let me just figure out how to fill my phone book with resources. And then some of them are going to pan out. Some won't. But it's actually the reach that matters, not necessarily that that specific thing worked out. I love that highlight. And I want to end there because I, I don't think we could top that last statement you made in terms of like, I know a person, right? And I, I would argue that it is part of our job being in partnerships to know somebody, if nothing else, who knows somebody who can solve that problem. And that the opportunity fundamentally lies in going to market with types of businesses that help each other and then being aware of and intentional around looking for other businesses to help those businesses. And obviously because of that, you know, the more magnetism you can curate, around your platform and around your ecosystem you're developing, obviously, and the way you solve for your customer, you become this all-in-one hub of solution, not always being the one solution to solve all problems, but that you know how to bring together the pieces to actually help your customer long-term. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Sean, this has been fun, man. I, I appreciate the conversation. Great stories. If folks want to connect with you, where do they find you online? How do they get in touch? Yeah, LinkedIn's the best place to Sean Adams there. Uh, you can also reach out to me uh, via email, Sean, S-E-A-N at iorad.com, uh, iorad.com for any of our tutorial uh, software specifics. Brilliant. Awesome plug. I love it. For those of you listening, like, subscribe. Please go ahead and leave a comment on Apple. That helps us get some more reach. And as always, again, Sean, thank you so much, folks. Thanks for listening. Look forward to the next episode. Take care.